Welcome to r slash am I the bad guy, where OP's fiance expects OP to just give him half of her house. Am I the bad guy for refusing to put my fiance on the house title after he kept handing me empty pens as a prank? I'm a 34-year-old woman, and I've been with my fiance, who's 37, for three years. We're getting married before the end of this year, and recently we moved into the house that I inherited from my mom. The house is in my name, and it took a lot of talking and convincing from him to have his name on the title as well. Now, honestly, part of me doesn't think this is a good idea, at least not right now, maybe after marriage. But anyway, I've decided to go ahead and put his name on the title so that he could start contributing towards the mortgage more and lighten my burden a bit. When it was time for me to sign the deed, my fiancé stopped me and gave me a pen saying this pen was his lucky pen and told me to use it to sign the deed. I took the pen and tried to sign, but it turned out that it was empty and he was like, oh, I must have forgotten while laughing and then pulled out his other lucky pen. I took it and tried to sign, and that one was also empty. Honestly, seeing how he was laughing, I figured he was messing with me, but he swore that he wasn't and pulled out another one of his lucky pins. I tried that one too, and it was empty. My fiancé started cackling, and I felt humiliated, especially with how the gentleman next to him was staring. I got pissed and asked him what this was about, and he said that it was a prank. I asked, really? Did you really think that this was a time for pranks? He was like, it's alright, you can use a real pin now. I pushed the paper and said, you know what, never mind, because I no longer want you on the deed. He completely lost it, saying that we had a deal and I can't back out of it just like that, and that it was a stupid joke that I took too seriously. We had an argument and I refused to sign the deed, at least not then and there. At home, he blew up again, saying that I was the one who delayed the process and that he already gave me a real pen and all I had to do was sign the damn paper and get it over with. He accused me of looking for an excuse not to have him on the deed and started the silent treatment, saying there's nothing to say until those papers are signed. Did I really take this too seriously? I think your fiancé's prank has just saved you from a massive headache in the future. Because, um, if you're not going to divorce him now, you definitely are going to divorce him in the future. Your fiancé is a selfish, immature jerk. Just count yourself lucky that you never signed the paper, dump him, and move on with your life, OP. I'm giving you 0 out of 5 bad guys. I'm giving him 2 out of 5 bad guys. Am I the bad guy for thinking that my stepdaughter would be fine on the couch for a couple of days? I have three kids from a previous marriage, a 10-year-old girl, an 8-year-old son, and a 7-year-old son. My wife also has a kid from a previous marriage, a 12-year-old girl. We've been married for six months, and the kids have had some trouble adjusting. My daughter doesn't like not being the oldest and only daughter, and my stepdaughter can be possessive over her mom, and neither of them are great at sharing. We just took our first vacation together with me, my wife, the kids, and my wife's sister, who's 23, who lives with us just to help out with the kids. The room arrangements were me and my wife in the master, my sister-in-law in the second bedroom with a double bed, my daughter and stepdaughter in a room with two twin beds, and my sons in a room with a double bed. The first night we got to the rental property pretty late, and everyone went to bed with no problems. The second night, my wife and I went out, and my sister-in-law told me that my stepdaughter was sleeping in her room because she and my daughter got into an argument. The third night, my stepdaughter came to me and said that my daughter kicked her out of their room. 
I went to talk to my daughter, and she said that she hated sharing a room and wanted my stepdaughter gone. I know it sounds mean, but she's never had to share a room before, and she's still adjusting. I told my stepdaughter that my daughter needs her own space and to sleep on the couch to see if she could sleep with her aunt again. She started to cry and went to her aunt. My sister-in-law told my wife what happened and my wife yelled at me for kicking my stepdaughter out of the room and said that my daughter should have had to leave if she was the one with the problem. But my daughter's used to having her own room and bed. In contrast, my stepdaughter shared a pull-out couch with my wife for five years before they moved in with me. I thought she wouldn't mind, since she's so used to sharing beds and sleeping on the couch. My wife started yelling at me for favoring my daughter, and she and my sister-in-law ended up leaving early with my stepdaughter. They've all ignored me and the kids since we got back, and although they never mentioned anything about leaving, I think they might be planning on leaving. My sister-in-law has been taking extra babysitting jobs, and my wife started doing random odd jobs for cash. I'm starting to think that I screwed up here, but I wanted to know if I was the bad guy for thinking my stepdaughter would be fine on the couch for a few days. Oh man. OP, your daughter wasn't even sharing a bed with your stepdaughter. She was merely sharing a room. The blatant favoritism that you're showing towards your daughter is just dripping out of this post. Not only were you taking your daughter's side, you were also belittling what your stepdaughter went through. Like, that's your argument? A 12-year-old child is used to living the rough life, so it's better that she continues to live the rough life so that my daughter, who's been pampered, can continue to be pampered. Then, on top of that, you're being a bad father by not teaching your kid that it's important to share and that your family dynamic has changed. Instead, you're just enabling her entitled behavior. And then, let's just stop for a second and think, okay, what if, deep down, truly, OP's daughter is struggling and she really does psychologically need to sleep on her own tonight? Okay, let's just assume that's the case. What's the answer here? Is the answer to force a stepdaughter to sleep on the couch? No. The answer obviously is for OP to sleep on the couch and let his stepdaughter sleep with his wife, right? Isn't that the logical, elegant solution? The daughter gets the room to herself, which we're assuming she actually needs in this scenario. The stepdaughter gets to sleep with her mom, which would be comforting to her. Then, OP gets to step up as a father and a man and show everyone else in his family that he cares for them and he's willing to make sacrifices for them. I'm not saying it's the perfect solution because the ideal solution would be both the girls sleep in their own bed in that one room. I'm just saying, if OP's daughter really is struggling, then this is the obvious solution. Also, OP, <laughs> I'll be straight with you, I think it's too late. I think it is way too late to have your life fixed by a Reddit post. Based on the end of this story, it sounds like your wife is already forming an exit plan because she realized she married a douchebag. If I had to guess, this favoritism and selfishness has been going on for a while now, and this story is the straw that broke your wife's back, so to speak. OP, I'm giving your daughter 1 out of 5 bad guys for being entitled. I'm giving your wife and stepdaughter 0 out of 5 bad guys. You, on the other hand, get 3 out of 5 bad guys for being a terrible father and an even worse husband. But hey, look on the bright side. After your wife divorces you, you'll cease being a terrible husband. Am I the bad guy for assuming that my friend was keeping her partner away from me because I didn't like him when actually he didn't like me? I'm a 38-year-old woman, and I've had this friend, Allie, who's 40 for 15 years. We first met at work when we were single and the youngest people there. 
We became good friends and socialized together and still do. Allie then met her partner, Matt, who she's still with years later. Matt does not share Allie's interests. He's an avid football supporter, we live in the UK, and he is very anti the rival football team. Even when he doesn't go to watch matches live, he watches at the pub with male friends. He plays sports with his friends. Allie is a football widow. She likes going to the theater and to dinner. Matt will go to dinner with her, but he doesn't much enjoy the theater unless it's a serious play. Allie likes musicals, and instead, she ends up going with female friends. Allie says that she doesn't mind, they aren't joined at the hip, and she has plenty of friends and relatives who enjoy going to the theater with her and that she doesn't want to go to football. Now, I'm known for being brutally honest. When she introduced me to Matt, she asked my opinion and I gave it. I didn't really see them together. I don't like that he drinks and swears. He has a professional job, but he's not very refined, unlike Allie, and I found him to be a bit difficult to connect to. At the time, Allie was hurt but got over it and generally just engineered it so I never really saw him. He was always busy when I organized a party. They now have two young boys and he looks after them when she comes out with her friends. To be honest, recently, my opinion of Matt has improved. He seems to be a really good daddy to the boys and they clearly adore him. His boys are also crazy about football. It took me longer to meet my partner, Edward, but I now have and we just got engaged. Allie and Matt both attended our engagement party. Edward actually also likes football and ended up getting on really well with Matt. Later, I asked Allie if she'd be up for doing something as couples, as Edward and Matt got on so well. She was non-committal. A few weeks later, I tried to arrange something else, and Allie agreed to go, but Matt was busy. I explained that I wanted to do something with the four of us when Matt was free, but Allie kept stalling. I pushed it, when maybe I shouldn't have, and she said that it wasn't a good idea because he and I didn't get on. I said that it was okay, I changed my opinion more recently, and Edward liked him too. She looked surprised, and then awkwardly let me know that it was because he didn't really like me. She said that she thought that I knew. But I didn't, and I was upset. This was news to me. I asked her why, and she was embarrassed, but said that he found me judgmental and too much. I don't even know what that means. I was hurt, and told her I had assumed that she kept us apart because I didn't like him, not the reverse. She said that we didn't get along, so what difference did it make? I'm beyond hurt, and I did react badly, and I told her some harsh truths about him. I now regret this, and I tried to apologize, but she won't return my calls. Am I the bad guy? Man, OP, what a hypocrite! So you're a little miss brutally honest who tells people exactly what she thinks, and you're like, oh, well, I don't like you because of reasons X, Y, Z. Then, when someone else is like, okay, well, I don't really like you either. <laughs> I'm so sad. I'm so hurt. Someone doesn't like me. How could they be so mean? Oh, man, this is the definition of being able to dish it out but not take it in return. Pathetic, OP. Pathetic. I'm giving you two out of five bad guys. And just so you know, OP, when someone says, I'm brutally honest, nine times out of ten, that's code for, I'm just a jerk. Am I the bad guy for snapping at my brother-in-law and threatening to never let him see my kids after he told my son to be the man of the house? My husband, Dan, grew up in a single-parent household. His dad died when he was young, 
his older brother, Martin, was definitely parentified and became the man of the house. Together, my husband Dan and I have three kids, Sydney, who's 12, Gabe, who's 10, and Charlotte, who's 3. Unfortunately, Dan passed away three months ago. It's been a terrible struggle trying to balance my grief and my children's on top of the rest of the responsibilities. I have a great support system, so I've been cognizant to make sure my babies still have a childhood. I always said that I wouldn't do what my mother-in-law did, which is force one of my kids to act like a parent. Recently, I was having a bit of a tough time. Charlotte was sick, Sydney is in about a million activities, and the housework was piling up. Martin's wife, Rachel, offered to come by and help me out. She generously cleaned the house and looked after Charlotte while I ran Sydney to her activities. When I arrived back home, I found Martin and Gabe in the kitchen. Martin was telling Gabe, who's 10 by the way, that it shouldn't have gotten to this stressful point and he should have been helping me more. Martin told my son that he was now the man of the house and it was up to him to step up. I cut in and told Gabe to not listen to his uncle, that he's a little boy and it is not his job to take over for his father. Rather, it's his job to play, go to school, and just be a kid. I sent him off to play and I tore into Martin. I said that he may have been parentified, but he will not do the same to my son. I said that if he ever pulled that stunt again, he would never see my kids again. Martin told me that I was being ungrateful, that he was only trying to help. He said that, more than anything, he was defending his wife as it's not her job to help me. Huh. I reminded him that I never asked Rachel for help. She offered. Martin said that she wouldn't have if I wasn't complaining about how hard my life is. Since then, Dan's family has been telling me what a B-word I am. They say that this is all that Martin knows how to do, and I was way too harsh on him, especially threatening to cut him off. They told me that I need to just get my act together. My mother-in-law especially thinks that I need to just suck it up and expect my kids, not just Gabe, but Sydney too, to help me with Charlotte. I told her off, and that only made it worse. Everyone is accusing me of alienating Dan's family, which I'm not trying to do, so am I the bad guy? Oh man, I just love in this story that Martin says that it's not his wife's job to help you. But it kind of begs the question, who would be the most suitable person to help OP in the situation? Would it be Martin? You know, because his brother's dead and his brother's children are without a father figure, so maybe he should step up and help out a little, you know, his brother's dead widow? No! Instead, he tries to withhold help from his brother's dead widow. Why? I think, if I had to guess, I think the reason is because he would rather his wife be at his home catering to her needs rather than OP's needs. What a douchebag! OP, I think your threat to cut Dan off of the family doesn't go far enough. Everyone else who's giving you flack for this, cut them off too. OP, I'm giving you and Dan's wife 0 out of 5 bad guys. I'm giving Dan and his entire family 2.5 out of 5 bad guys. That was r slash am I the A, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.